Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm your host, Marie Hewitt. And this morning, for all you listeners out there who love the droopy dog faces of Basset Hounds, Denise Docknall, the president of Basset Hound Rescue of Southern California, will be stopping by to share some great tales with happy endings. Then, after our halftime break, restaurant owner Scott Silman will be talking about how he has opened his business and his heart to dogs and the people who love them. If you're looking for the perfect place to dine with your doggy companions, you won't want to miss this. So don't go away. We'll be back with more Pet Place Radio right after this very fast station break here on AM 1260. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Place Radio Show on AM 1260. I'm Marie Hewitt, and I'd like to welcome the president of Bassett Hound Rescue of Southern California to the show. It's Denise Stocknell. Hi, Denise. How are you this morning? Wonderful. Nice to be here. How are you? I'm doing very well, and I'm so excited to have you guys on the show. We've never had Bassett Hound Rescue on the program before, and I just love these dogs. They're they're amazing. The the breed is really wonderful. They're for anybody who's unfamiliar, and I can't imagine anybody who would be. <laughs> let's talk a little bit about this particular breed. Okay. Um, Basset hounds, and oftentimes what people see presented in TV shows and movies and things, are kind of what I would call maybe the clown of the dog world. Yeah, a little droopy, a little a little slow. droopy, a little funny, a little quirky. <laughs> Uh-huh. And they are actually very much like that. They're a very, very sweet breed. They love their people. They're very loyal. They want to be with you. They, you know, unfortunately, some dogs do better when left alone for long periods of time. Basset hounds are not one of them. They uh-huh. really want to be with their people and with their pack, their family. So they but might they be are- a better dog for somebody who always has somebody at the house for the most part. That's true. They're also really good um, in pack. You know, they're kind of like potato chips. You can't have just one. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do they need other basset hounds, or are they fine with all dogs? I, you know, they're fine with all dogs. They're a very, you know, commonly the breed is very easygoing. Okay. They're easygoing with people. They're easygoing, easily easily adapted to different settings and situations. They'll hang out with any other breed of dog. My Basset Hound actually adopted her own cat this year, so <laughs> they're just easy going. They're okay. so very sweet. I just, uh, I'm, I'm wondering, do, do you see very many Basset Hounds in shelters? Unfortunately, we do. Hmm. We do, especially given the current economic situation. Families are having to downsize, okay. and one of the side effects of that is that their pets end up in shelters. Basset Hounds are a popular breed. We see a lot of them turned into shelters. It's wow. very sad. Is that where you're getting most of your dogs then that you're taking into rescue? No, I would say less than fifty percent come out of the shelter. Fortunately, there has become a, a much higher awareness of rescue groups in general, and a lot of people that are forced into that situation are contacting us directly, oh, so the dog good. never actually has to go into 
physically into the shelter. Well, that's they will come directly less to us. Yes. Much less stressful. It, it does still happen. There are many people who aren't aware, but more than 50% come directly from owner surrenders, and the rest of them come straight out of a shelter. Okay. And are there very many other groups that are, are working right now to help Basset Hounds in particular, or is it pretty much just you guys? There are many other groups. Um, here in Southern California, there are um, a handful of groups. And actually nationwide, there's quite quite a network of Basset Hound rescue groups, organizations, facilities. It's, uh, it's a very popular breed, and there are a lot of people out there that are passionate about the breed. Mm, there's a lot of Basset Hounds that need your help, apparently. Yes, there <laughs> are. And, you know, other breeds as well. They mm-hmm. all have their own their own networks. But, yeah, they okay. need our help. Now, how long has Basset Hound Rescue been around here it in Southern California? It was initially founded in 1997. I believe it was August of 97, and um, achieved the uh, nonprofit status and and all of the you know legal establishment in um, 1998. Okay, so you've been around for a while. About I've been many, around for a little while. Yeah, about how many uh, dogs have, do you figure you've rescued over the years? Uh, we are very rapidly approaching about a thousand. Wow! In, Congratulations. In our, thank you very much. That's a thousand happy families and a thousand spoiled hounds. <laughs> Do you we hope. Figure, yeah, yeah, definitely spoiled, and and that's what we mm-hmm. hope for all the animals that get placed into new homes, and that people really understand they're supposed to be part of the family. They're not just supposed to be thrown into the backyard with a little right. water and a little food. What right. about the companion animals? They're not going to be your companion. I have no answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> How can people understand. find you if they're interested in adopting a Basset Hound? Our website address is www.bhrsc, for Basset Hound Rescue, Southern California, dot info. And uh, when you bring that page up, all of our hounds are listed there with a great picture. Some of them even have videos. Ah. Uh, there's a little bio, a little write-up on each each of our hounds, and, you know, if you contact us interested in a hound, we will work diligently to not only get you a hound, but get you the right hound. We have lots of Basset hounds on our website, from the young and silly and energetic to the, you know, old gal that just wants to lay on your lap and everything in between. (laughs) All that information is there on that website, bhrsc.info. I have to ask you, since you brought up the old hound laying on your lap, some dogs uh-huh. hounds get pretty big. <laughs> what they would you do. say is the, the size range of basset hounds? It's a common misconception that because they're short, they're small. Mm-hmm. They're not small. They are a large breed dog on very short legs. Oh, gosh. Um, my hound, Bella, is about a 50-pound hound. I know people whose hounds are much bigger. My girl is actually kind of petite. Um, they can get as big as 60, 70 pounds. It kind of depends on their frame. Okay. Some of the bigger ones, I, I've personally known one that was an 85-pound hound that was not really overweight. Wow. It, it can vary. Now, these guys are basically like bloodhounds, but they've been bred to be dwarfs, right? They have been bred. They, the height has been bred out of them. They were tunnel hunters. They were bred to go into tunnels with the scent and tracking ability of the bloodhound, yes. Okay. And this has created a little bit of physical problems for them. You have to be careful with their hips. Is that correct? Yes. 
they they commonly have hip problems. Not all of them, but it is common. It's not unheard of. So you want to make sure they have a good diet and never get overweight because that's going to really help. Absolutely. Primary concern a basset hound owner has is to maintain weight and activity so that the dog stays healthy and fit, the bones stay strong, the muscles stay fit. That will, you know, help you to avoid common back problems and hip problems and and mobility issues as as the hounds age. Should you also try and discourage them from jumping up on the high beds and jumping down? Um, It's definitely a risk that you take in allowing them to jump up and down, you know, furniture and, and things like that, a bed, a couch. It's a risk that you take. I'm the first to admit that a basset hound can be a little bit strong-willed. <laughs> so, you know, you kind of have to negotiate with them a little bit. Ah, the battle of wills, eh? Yes, yes, yeah. Hey, let me ask you, I know a lot of organizations involved in rescue have a lot of fun events to help raise funds to keep their organizations going and pay for vet yes, bills ma'am. and all that good stuff. Do you have anything fun planned? <laughs> Do we ever? Uh, coming up in June, actually in about two weeks, okay. we have the 14th annual Basset Hound Spring Games. This is a celebration of Basset Hound agility, smarts, quirkiness, funniness. It's uh, it's an Olympic Games type event. Oh, that was um, fun. Some of the oh, it's, you haven't lived until you've seen this. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's some of the events that we're going to be doing in in what we call our center ring. Mm-hmm. Are a treat toss, costume contest, kissing contest. There's kissing actually contest. basset hound synchronized swimming. Wow. If you can believe that. <laughs> we've got marathon napping. We've got relay races. It's a full day of fun and bassitude and good times. There are awards. There are raffles and exhibitors. And Where samples. is this going to take place? going to take place at Arcadia Park, which is at the corner of Santa Anita and Huntington in Arcadia. Okay. It is the 18th of June, which is a week from next Saturday. And what time? The event will begin setting up pretty early, probably 8 or 9 o'clock, but the games actually begin at 10, and the whole event wraps up around 3, 3.30. How does somebody register, or do they just show up? Uh, you can do it either way. You can go on our website, and you can pre-register there. You can show up with your hound, and we'll have a registration table set up there, and you'll be able to get signed up to participate in the games and and check out all the exhibitors, and you'll get your little wag bag of goodies and mm-hmm. all that good stuff. If you it's going to be a lot have, of fun. It sounds like it. But let me ask you this. I know a lot of people love basset hounds, but they don't necessarily have basset hounds. Can you bring right. other dogs? We tr- We tend to tell people that it's a basset-centric event, and, okay. and we prefer to have only bassets, but you know, a lot of people that that come out every year, they have bassets, they have basset mixes, they bring a buddy. We don't encourage it, but it's it's not unheard of. So if we you like have to a basset hound that has a brother or sister, that's another breed they could tag along. Tag them along, yeah, <laughs> so, with no ringers in the ring. You know, oh, we, okay, we, okay. We can't have a greyhound doing a you know race event. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just meaning as a spectator, if for, you wanted to come and be a spectator. Absolutely. Okay. Any and all are welcome. Oh, good, good. All right. That's what, that was my main question, because I don't have a Bassett, but I know my dog goes out, loves to go out and see all these events. and, and it's, it's kind of set up family picnic style. Everybody kind of 
sets down a blanket or some chairs and and just sort of surrounds the ring to watch the games and, and watch all of the uh, the silliness that that we participate in that day. And, yeah, you know, kids come and and you know they bring brother and sister dogs. It's, like yeah, I said, the game itself is for the basset hounds, uh-huh. but uh, anybody can come watch. Will there be food sold, or should you bring your own? There, um, some people prefer to bring their own. We do do the barbecue, the hot dogs, and that sort of thing. There's going to be all kinds of snack vendors there, uh, cool drinks. It's very much picnic style. So oh, okay. you don't like the hot dogs, bring a cooler. Okay. We encourage it all. It sounds like you might need some help with this, and help in general. Can people volunteer? <laughs> Absolutely. And, again, if you go on our website, bhrsc.info, there is a volunteer tab, and the gal that gets all of those emails is putting together the volunteer list for the event. And if you just let her know that that's what you want to volunteer for, she'll get you signed up. Oh, fabulous. And I suspect you probably do other activities year-round on your website. Do you list those activities? We do. Um, we, we, a couple months before each event, it will go up on the website. People can read about it, get signed up, get all the information. Some of the events that we do are um, the Doodah Parade in Pasadena every year. <laughs> yeah. Very fun. You thought the Olympics was silly, huh? Yeah. I, I could imagine seeing a whole big group of basset hounds parading oh, down such, the street. Such a good time. We just did that one a few weeks ago, I believe. And then we also have um, different race events and adoption events. We do Pet Expo every year. We have our own Basset Rescue events where we'll do pictures with Santa Claus and Aww. Halloween costume contests. <laughs> it's a very active group of people. It's pretty amazing. It sounds like it. Denise, Basset Hounds are such great dogs, and I'm so glad to know that there's a local rescue helping out the ones in need. So congratulations on all your successful outcomes, and I know all the listeners wish you many, many more. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you for having me. We need to take our halftime break now, but when we return, we've got a really tasty topic that I'm sure will be appealing to both dogs and their owners. Stay tuned to hear more on the Pet Place Radio Show on AM 1260. Welcome back to the Pet Place Radio Show on AM 1260. I'm Marie Hewitt, and I'm very pleased to welcome Scott Solman to the show. Hi, Scott. Thanks for stopping by the Pet Place this morning. Hello, Marie. Thank you very much for having me on your show. Ah, I understand you have a very unusual restaurant. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Sure. I, I think what makes my restaurant a little bit different or extremely unique is the fact that um, not only are we dog-friendly, um, there's only a few places normally that are dog-friendly, but we actually go out of our way and having a playpen for dogs. A playpen? I believe, I believe we're the only one in the nation that has something that accommodating for dogs. Wow. What's the name uh, of your restaurant and where is it located? Milo's Cafe, named mm-hmm. after my dog, Milo. Aww. He's got a, you know, an adorable face. He's actually a Sharpay mixed with golden retriever oh. and a little bit of pit bull and a little bit of uh, bulldog. So he's Wow, yeah, Heinz 57. Yeah. <laughs> so when people come to the patio, they walk through and they have the option of either, you know, sitting with their dog like a normal dog-friendly cafe or they have the incredible, unique privilege of allowing their dog 
if it's well behaved, of course, mm-hmm. to roam free in the playpen. And that way, two good things can happen out of that. And number one, you don't have to be hold on to your dog while you're trying to eat. Oh yeah, definitely. And number two, your dog gets to play with other dogs and meet new friends. Oh. <laughs> Hopefully, when other dogs meet new friends, the owners of those two dogs get to meet. You know, they get sure. to friendships. Get your little so network kind of, a, of dog people going. <laughs> a, nice, a nice domino effect of friendliness. Sure, and animal people are always so nice. Yeah, and plus you get some free entertainment by watching dogs roam around and playing. Because we, we provide uh, beds and toys and water for all the dogs in the playpen. Oh, that's really fun. And it's all within yeah. eye shot of all the tables that are in the Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's about a 300-square-foot uh, area that they can play. Where did you say Milo's was located? We are located in Lake Forest, and if people are familiar with Orange County, we're about five miles from uh, the Irvine Spectrum. I guess that would be a good focal point. What's your address in Lake Forest? 26771 Rancho Parkway. Okay, and is it in a shopping center? Yes, it's in a shopping center. The the biggest uh, store there is Home Depot. Ah, uh, I, I can picture that. And we're also right next to a 24-hour fitness. Ah, uh, okay, okay. So look for the Home Depot and the 24-hour fitness, and then you probably have uh, umbrellas and things like that that are a good visual cue. Actually, we, instead of having umbrellas, we have one big awning, so it's completely uh, enclosed. Oh, very not, nice. Not, not enclosed, very but nice. So it keeps it nice and cool, yeah, especially as we're approaching the warm weather months here. Okay. Do you have any dog items on your menu that somebody can order from, or do you just uh, share your uh, plate? (laughs) Yeah, we we actually have a company called True Dog, True Food, um, and it's a really cool uh, dog company in Newport Beach on Pacific Coast Highway, and it's actually food that's, you know, in all honesty, it's good enough for you and me to eat. I've eaten it plenty of times. I think there's a lamb and rice option. There's a beef and uh, russet potato. And then there's a turkey and wheat, whole wheat pasta dish. Oh, cool. Three different dishes the dogs can uh, choose from. Is that actually on your menu, or do you ask it's for a special on my, on doggy menu. menu? Okay. Yep, there's a little doggy menu at the end of the menu. Very cool. And I understand also that you have some vegan-friendly options. Yeah, one of my uh, main things before I started a restaurant was just my own frustration with many restaurants only having one or two options for anybody who wanted to eat relatively healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like nine times out of ten when you go to a, a restaurant, you're kind of stuck with the, the Caesar salad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every single time. And so, even though I'm not a vegan or a vegetarian, I do like lots of chicken vegetable type dishes to choose from. Mm-hmm. So, not only did I want to appease people like myself that are frequent gym members and would like a nice healthy meal either before or after I work out, but I also know that there's a lot of uh, people who get completely shut out of a restaurant because they're vegan or vegetarian, and they, there's usually some specialty little takeout places, but there's never any, like, sit-down dining mm-hmm. restaurant that actually accommodates vegans, and I don't just throw them a little bone, pardon the pun, with, like, one option. <laughs> there's, there's, there's several, you know, there's probably five to seven different options for vegans and vegetarians. Oh, that's wonderful. If not more, so the ones who do come in, uh, and, 
and I think I found out a lot of times that people who are really crazy about dogs, especially uh, people who do a lot of volunteer work, mm-hmm. there's a higher percentage of people involved in those kind of charities that uh, typically have vegan or vegetarian. You know. That is true. Hey, what, how would you describe the food? What is it? American? Uh, it's, mo- it's mostly American. It just it's very diverse. Like, like for breakfast, we we've got the, for instance, a very healthy omelet where it's uh, three egg whites and only one yolk. Okay. Because you only need one yolk for the flavor. People always just dumb it down and have all yolks, but you don't really need that. Okay. Uh, nobody, ever, no, nobody ever tastes it differently, so you may as well take the two yolks out and save yourself 100 calories of fat. Sure. Um, and uh, all kinds of uh, different fillings you can put into it. Uh, we also have a, what I call a pan crepe. It's a, it's a crepe-style pancake, but it's made with a lot of egg whites and a lot of vanilla protein powder. Mm-hmm and some wheat germ and some flaxseed. So even when you put the Nutella spread on it, it's still about a 40% protein, you know, 30% carb, 30% fat. Well, so you're real health-oriented. Yeah, there's a lot of health-oriented, but I don't want to get the idea that, oh, it's just a healthy restaurant because that scares people. (laughs) We have plenty plenty of other items that are not unhealthy. That that are, you know, because a lot of times when people go out, it's, it's because they want to splurge. So sure. we definitely, we definitely have plenty of food that uh, meets that criteria. We got a lot of juicy burgers and, you know, very decadent desserts and stuff like that. Sounds um, good. And you also have a special drink that you're hoping will give a little competition to Starbucks. Yeah, I'm, I'd be looking heavily towards um, somebody who could back me financially with this drink because this drink should be able to take over Starbucks. <laughs> you know, I don't mean to be that egotistical, but uh-huh. it is an, it's an iced coffee drink that I've been mixing for the last four years, trying to figure out the perfect blend of protein and how do I take that protein taste out that will make 100% of people like it. For many years, I have been mixing these things, and maybe 70% of people like it, 80% of people like it, so I had to figure out what could I neutralize that protein taste that some people don't find so appealing? So it, and you think you finally got it? I do, I do. I mean, I, everybody who comes in, it's uh, it's pretty much been pretty much a hundred percent accuracy rate. Where ah, very and good. What, what's, what's even better is when they say that they're not coffee drinkers, but I just force them to take a taste test <laughs> anyway. So, you know, just a, you bring a your dog Milo over, and <laughs> yeah, and I, I make I say, look, Milo wants you to try it. Yeah, and they're, guilted, they're guilted into it. And they they take a taste and they're like, wait a minute, I, I could actually drink this. Oh, very cool. Hey, it's, I, basically, I, it's basically a half coffee mix, half protein mix, and then I I uh, neutralize some of the the chalkiness of the protein with the uh, plant sweetener stevia. So there's actually no sugar. Hmm. And there's no artificial sweetener, so you get the best of both worlds. I'm gonna have to try that and bring my dog yeah. down and give it and a everybody try. Everybody says it's, it's at least as good as any, you know, Starbucks uh, iced coffee or even better. So if you can have something that tastes just as good or better, and you've got no sugar, yeah, definitely. You take, a Star- you take a Starbucks coffee and you're probably looking at 500 calories, and it's all just empty calories. Wow, Scott, so, let's shift gears back over to animals. Oh. Sure, because sure. we only have a couple minutes, and I know that you do some charity fundraising. Can you tell me a little bit how you help some of our local rescue groups? 
Yeah, we've got uh, German Shepherd Rescue on Wednesday nights, and we've also got the uh, the Bulldog Rescue on Friday nights. So are they doing adoptions or fundraisers? Yeah, yeah, they they, they come out with um, some of their dogs, and they just put out their literature and hang out, and you know, hopefully people come by and you know, give some donations here and there, or they get the brochures to possibly adopt later. Wow. And we also have, we've, we've had about six or seven other different uh uh, rescues come on different weekends, so we average about three a week. Oh, that's great! If and a local rescue wanted to have an event at Milo's, how would they accomplish that? Do they? Um, uh, they would just call me on my phone nine four nine nine three nine zero five five three. And do you have a, a website? Yeah, website is uh, just milo'scafe dot com. dot com. They can email me from there, or they can just email me at scott.miloscafe at gmail.com. Ah, excellent. Um, we also do a lot of, tons of different other fundraisers where I give them three different uh, areas where we do better, I think, than most restaurants. We don't take, we don't need, need you to do 30 to 40 days in advance. Uh, we don't limit you to Monday through Thursday like most restaurants. Right, and, and I understand give, you give back about 25%, which is 25% wonderful. 25% to any charity, any church group, any school group that's trying to fundraise for the coming year. You know, Obviously, schools have it rough. Cool. Scott, I'm going to have to interrupt because we're out of time. It sounds like Milo's Cafe is a wonderful restaurant. I'm definitely going to have to come down and visit. We need to take one last break, but we'll be back in just a moment here on the Pet Place Radio Show on AM 1260. We're back on the Pet Place Radio Show. I'm Marie Hewlett, and it's time for Pet Place News and Events. Have you ever wanted to learn how to cook great-tasting vegan food? Well, you won't want to miss Animal Acres Compassionate Cooking Classes. Join with noted vegan chefs and speakers to learn how to make vegan cheese, raw foods, decadent desserts, and so much more while learning how to incorporate compassion into your life every time you sit down for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Enjoy cooking demonstrations, special guest presentations, and samples every hour on the hour. Be prepared to have your taste buds and the rest of you inspired with the knowledge, tools, and resources you need to go vegan. A sanctuary tour and tastings are included with your registration fee of $50, and there will be a book sale of dozens of vegan cookbooks. Registration deadline is June 13th. For more information, visit animalacres.org. And as always, I encourage you to check out the Pet Place website at petplace.org to find out all the latest Pet Place news or click on the contact link and say hi or give us some suggestions for topics you'd like to hear discussed on this show. That's all for me today. Remember, pets need love and a home, too. We'll be back next weekend here on AM 1260. I'm Marie Hewitt. Please spay or neuter your pets and have a wonderful day. Thank you.